Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. One of the things that we like to do with these podcasts is introduce you to, to people who have interesting and compelling stories, uh, especially student-athletes who have interesting and compelling stories. And, and our next guest, indeed, falls within that category. Xavier Coleman is a, a football player at uh, Butler University. He just finished up his redshirt junior year. Um, he is on track. He will be graduating this May. Uh, and he is also um, a, one of the college football players, the young men who has, has come forward and, and has declared his sexual identity at a time when it's not that easy, especially for football players to do it. So we, we are delighted, Xavier, we're delighted you're spending some time with us and, and, and want to share your story with us. So yeah. let me start off with, with where you come from. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, it, people should know that, that your father, Roosevelt Coleman, people will remember his name if they're a fan of the Patriots, a couple of Super Bowl wins, mm-hmm. um, exceptional NFL career. Mm-hmm. When did you start playing organized football? Um, I started playing organized football in, I believe, kindergarten, first grade. Okay. Um, it was my parents wanted to keep me out of it just because of the dangers of football, but mm-hmm. they didn't really have a choice because I didn't, wasn't <laughs> interested in any other sports. You were going to play no matter what. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's in the blood, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you envision, and, and again, being the, the son of a, of a famous father, an accomplished football-playing father, mm-hmm. Did you envision following in his footsteps, or was it just that you just wanted to play the game and didn't wasn't sure where it was going to take you as a young man? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I think just about every um, boy or girl in America looks up to their parents and wants to do at least something of the nature that they do. Um, and it was easy for me to fall into that footstep just because of the nature of what my father did for a living. So, yeah, there was there was some sort of pressure, I guess, to fill mm-hmm. shoes, but also I was having fun playing football. Right. So I And that's the most important part. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason we should be our, our children should be playing sports anyway, is right. they're having fun exactly. doing it. So, so here you are, um, you're, you're progressing as a football player, um, doing well as a football player. Mm-hmm. Well enough that it gets you to Butler University, you know, marvelous academic institution, to play football there. Tell me about the in in terms of of your your own identity. Mm-hmm. When did you first start to sense that that your gender identity was different from most, if not all, of your teammates? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Probably um, as a younger child, um, I realized that my sexual identity was not, quote-unquote, the norm um, Mm -hmm. of what people would um, put myself into or any male or female into. I I knew I wasn't straight as a young kid, Mm -hmm. um, but I never – I usually pushed those back um, away because I knew that it wasn't as accepted um, as – being straight was um, and I knew or in my head that I thought that if I wanted to continue playing football um, especially as a young child that I couldn't bring those two things into the same room um, so it kind of became uh, a life of code switching for a really long time. How do you mean by that? Um, like a double-sided life kind of uh-huh. um, in a weird way um, not like a spy but um, <laughs> in a sense that 
Um, there were certain things that I did when I was around my teammates, and there were certain things that I didn't do or I tried not to do when I was wasn't mm-hmm. around my teammates. So it was kind of like going back and forth in between what I had going on. How did your your own image and society, maybe mm-hmm. more importantly, mm-hmm. society's image of a football player? Oh, it's the, especially an African American football player. Yeah, it's the hyper masculine, uh, hyper hyper masculized um, individual that's. Um, uh, you know, six to 240 pounds and ripped and like, you know, has the dates to cheerleader. And that was kind of that's kind of what society expects of you. Um, and like I said, I knew that that was not me. So how did, how did that impact you growing up? It was hard. Um, I felt more pressure from that more than anything else because I felt as if I was always hiding a piece of myself from everyone around me. Um, and that I had to tread lightly um, when it came to um, the things I, the other things I was interested in outside of football, or the things that, um, or not even that I was interested in, but just like the things that come naturally with being gay versus being straight. Um, it's just kind of like I didn't want individuals to think of me differently, um, so I like put on a front or I, like put on a mask that um, was someone that I wasn't for a really long time. So it, it made it very hard. Looking back at, at as as you came to understand who you were, mm-hmm. was there? And I've heard different people describe this as in different ways. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people say it was almost like a moment of revelation mm-hmm. for me. Others have said it was a gradual process. I had a sense of something, mm-hmm. and then as it, it progressed, it emerged more clearly to right. me. How about how would you describe your life in that process? Um, it was gradual mm-hmm. um, me coming to the understanding of what it what it was going on you you hear the the term same-sex attraction a lot um, and that was kind of especially growing um, up in and around a lot of religious individuals in my family um, it wasn't um, being attracted to someone of the same sex as you was something that was frowned upon and it was openly talked about how frowned upon that it was mm-hmm. um, so um, it was like I tried to, like I said, like put it on the back burner. Um, but then, like the older I got, um, and the more in tune with myself I became, I came to the realization that it was more than just an attraction. It was just who I was and how I felt. Mm-hmm. Were you able to compartmentalize that 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 revelation as to who you were and how you felt, and keep that in? in or were you forced? Maybe that's a better question. Were you forced to compartmentalize yeah, that um, in, in order to continue to be a, a, a talented and accomplished football player? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and um, when yeah, compartmentalization is something that I've had to do a lot, um, especially when it comes to my sexuality. Uh, just because there are certain people, um, even people that I'm very close with, that don't necessarily agree with my sexuality. So it's like it's still kind of the sense of the the code switching to where like when I'm around these people, this is how I act, and when I'm around these people, this is how I act. Um, and it's just kind of still like as if I'm hiding part of myself, and that's that's it's more frustrating and hard now to compartmentalize as I've become open and out to everyone that's around me than it was before. When, when I wasn't out to anyone at all, just because now it's like I'm taking steps backwards when I should be moving forward. That's interesting. I mean, and, and that might sound surprising to people that in some ways it's harder now yeah. that you've come out. Why do you, why do you think because that like, <clears throat> It's like, um, you know, I've, I've, I've come, I've invited individuals in and you know, been more than like willing and honest and open about my sexuality. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
now I felt like that I've taken that personal leap um, of faith um, for myself and taken myself and put myself, made myself more vulnerable to everyone. Um, but then when I go um, around individuals who are not um, accepting of who I am, it makes me go back and it's almost, I don't want to, I don't, it's more like going back into the trauma that I had as a young child um, of being like someone that I wasn't and a depressive state that that causes and the anxiety and all that. It's kind of, it makes it hard to go backwards than it does mm. to go forward. So I think that's why it makes me feel so the way I, it does. I want to talk in a moment about your decision to, to tell your teammates mm-hmm. at Butler mm-hmm. who you were. Um, had you shared that with others in your life before you got to, to Butler and became a football <coughs> player there? Um, before I got to Butler and became a football player, there were very few. Um, there was um, a girl that I dated in high school who I hadn't told about my sexuality. But then other than that, um, there weren't many people that knew before I got to Butler. Um, and then as I, um, the further along that I went in school, uh, up leading up until the point of me telling my teammates, there were more and more people in my life that knew. Um, but it was, it was. I tried to keep it as big of a secret as possible because, I, as I said, like I love the game of football. Um, and my biggest fear was having that taken away from me just because of how somebody felt about my sexuality. Um, were you genuinely worried about that? That I was. That it, it, you might have lost mm-hmm. the, that game that was so important to you. Yeah, I, if people didn't accept you. Yeah, I had more. I was more nervous about going to tell my coaches than I was telling my teammates. Why was that? Um, because with my coaches, they control way more than anybody else does. Um, and if either Coach Voris or Coach Day or Coach Cheshire, the three individuals in Beck and Order who are above me um, and control my playing time, um, if they didn't feel as if that um, that was something that they had agreed upon and they took a, their own personal vendetta against me, then there was going to be nothing I could do about that. But when it comes to my teammates, it, there wasn't a whole lot they were going to be able to do to take football away from me um, outside of, you know, I mean, it wouldn't happen, but outside of, like, cheap shots in practice or something of that nature, like, that wouldn't, stuff like that doesn't happen. So, so it was the decision makers that yeah, were more of a concern. 100%. For it. Yeah, you, you could have, certainly, have mm-hmm. said, I'm going to finish up my college career mm-hmm. before I reveal who I really am mm-hmm. uh, to coaches, to teammates, mm-hmm. and, and to others. Why did you choose not to do that? Why did you choose to say, all right, I'm still deeply involved in this, and now is the time that I want to reveal who I truly am? Um, uh, The relief that telling the people who are really close to me about my sexuality, that the relief that it brought to me made me realize that, like, maybe that's why I'm in this, like, my mental health was really bad before I came out. Um, How do you mean? In in what sense? I mean, I was severely depressed. I wanted to transfer. I wanted, I was so down and out that I wanted to quit football. Mm. Um, There were days that I didn't want to go to practice. There were days I didn't want to go to lifts and I didn't want to go to morning conditioning. Um, And I realized that I wasn't myself and that something had to change. Um, and then once I started to make that change of telling people who I was, uh, like there was a little bit more sunlight coming in. Um, and I you could see that, immediately, yeah, and, progress and yeah, improvement. And it's just like the weight just kind of lifted off my shoulders, and so I continued to move forward in that, and I uh, felt way better after telling everybody. What was the the reaction? Let's start with your coaches. Mm-hmm. You told them first. Mm-hmm. What was um, the re- what was the reaction? 
Uh, it was so positive. Uh, coach Day, um, who was our linebackers coach over at Butler, told me that you know um, that uh, he was nothing changed between he and I. Um, he's always going to love and respect me no matter what, and he's become um, a father figure to me, um, mm-hmm. someone that I will be at my wedding in 15, 20 years, and someone that I always look up to. Like um, and like, and I love him more than I express. And then Coach Voris. Uh, was the same way. Um, he's like, you know, I figured, yeah, he made a joke out of it, which I appreciated a lot. But he's mm-hmm. like, you know, in my f- 40 years of coaching football, you're the first, but I knew that you wouldn't, I wouldn't finish my football coaching career without having one. And so um, he made me realize that, you know, that I was a part of this family and that nothing was going to change. And then the same thing with Coach Cheshire, defensive coordinator. He, his brother is actually gay. Um, and mm-hmm. so, um, it was personal to him, and so through that um, development, he and I have developed a really strong relationship because there are similarities that he's noticed between you know myself and his brother, just like you know things that that happen and that are normal and natural. And so like he's always been there for me. He actually went um, with me in June to um, up to Minneapolis for the Minnesota Vikings um, LGBTQ summit. So mm-hmm. um, he's been supportive of me. They all have um, since day one before I came out, and even even stronger afterwards. So. A curious irony. You feared telling them yeah. because it would impact your relationship, and yet the reality is, it's it maybe it made your a better relationship yeah. with your coaches. Yeah, hundred percent. And how about when you talk about how you told your teammates? Um, so it was um, we go through when we go through football camp, we have a series of player panel talks, and so. Um, there are nights when we have um, people from the athletic department come in, people from Butler Police Department come in, and this uh, nutritionists and strength coaches. So everybody comes in and talks to us. But on the nights where they don't come in, we have um, individuals who are upperclassmen just come in and tell their story. So um, on the night that I went, there was three of us. Uh, it was myself, Chad Berto, and uh, Sam Schrader, and I was the last to go. Um, and the story is... They, I mean, they give us a prompt to follow on an axe, like how we got to Butler, what made us choose Butler, what life choices, um, and what life choices and decisions has Butler like helped us um, uh, throughout you know, our college career and professional career, and then like what our impact on the team is going to be. And, and I started to explain about, you know, I'm just being a kid from Minneapolis and um, wanting to give my all to the team. Um, and then like I took a deep breath, and it's like it was the first time in front of. A group of people that was more than two, I think, that I had ever said the words that I was gay. Had, um, had you planned on doing that, or was it sort of spontaneous? Yeah, so or it s- was. I had told Coach Voris in the summer that I wanted to tell the team, mm-hmm. um, and I had gotten to the point of, to the point in my confidence where I was ready for it. Um, and I didn't know I was going to go that day, but I knew that I was going to do a player panel talk at, but eventually before camp was over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like the third day at camp, so it was pretty early on, um, and I just wasn't expecting it. But it was um, it was a decision that I'm so glad that I made. What was the immediate reaction in the room? It was, it felt pretty quiet. Um, there was a lot of individuals in the room who had known uh, leading up to that point. I had made it a point to tell um, the individuals who were either potential captains or going to be captains, the leaders of the team, um, that year was probably the most well-led football team I've ever been a part of. Um, just from the seniors all the way down, I think we all were on the same accord. We didn't finish as successful as we wanted to, but, um, definitely from a leadership standpoint, it was a, it was a great team. Um, and so I had individuals in every position group, two or three that had known ahead of time. And then, 
Um, I had my very close friends that I was living with um, mm-hmm. that had known as well. So um, out of the hundred guys that were in the room, I'd say probably 35 to 40 had known. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously the freshmen who had no clue who I was didn't know. And then the younger guys that I didn't really hang out with that often didn't know either. Um, and so it was, um, when I said the words, it was it felt pretty quiet. Um, mm-hmm. And then I continued on and talked and then, um, like for everybody else, you know, they, we give a round of applause. Um, and then afterwards, I had so many of my teammates come up to me and tell me how proud of me they were and mm-hmm. giving me hugs. And um, and it just it made it all the worth the while. Were you, you talked about how you were in some ways surprised by the coach's reaction. Mm-hmm. Were you in any way surprised by the, your teammates' reactions? Um, definitely, because I don't I don't know. I, I don't know everyone personally mm-hmm. on the team. You can't. You can't. Uh, I mean, no. it's you know, it's a hundred. Uh, typically, we try to, the coach tries to get the roster to one hundred and ten, and you can't please nor be absolutely best friends with all hundred and ten guys on the team. So, um, yeah, I was a bit fearful of someone else's background or someone else's um, feelings or thoughts on the LGBT community, um, and I didn't want to be a part of those negative feelings. Um, so. It made me. I was definitely nervous, just uh, based upon how everybody reacts. Especially, Butler is a university that typically has um, suburban kids who are Catholic or very religious. So that was also played a factor um, into the dynamic of the the demographic of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a little nerve wracking in the sense that I just it was just the the fear of the unknown um, of how people were going to react. As you have moved forward. Mm-hmm. In in some ways, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, you have have become a, a something of a spokesperson. I don't know if that's the right title, but you've become mm-hmm. somebody who who's there has lived through this mm-hmm. and has has told their story. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you, what are you hopeful that will come from you sharing your story to mm-hmm. others? Um, I think myself and along with um, a lot of the um, outsports um, athletes who have stepped in front and told their story um, is to just help that teenage boy or girl um, who is struggling either through their sexuality or their gender identity or their transition um, into the opposite sex in which they were born. Um, just helping them realize that sports um, is still available for them to play and participate in um, and it doesn't just because you're part of the LGBTQ community doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have your fun um, and play the sport that you have grown to love since you were a kid. Um, and just because I know that I know that as a 13-year-old, um, Xavier would have loved there to be some 21-year-old just to tell him, like, hey, everything's going to be okay. Like, look at me. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, and I think that's the goal um, in it all is just to help somebody else just because I've been there before um, and I know how deep and how dark and how depressing it can be. I mean, if I can help just one teenager, then I've done my part. So are you getting a sense that that improvement is taking place, improvement in attitudes, improvement of a willingness to, to accept uh, to accept and hopefully also to embrace? Yeah. Do you, do you sense that that's changing? I, th- I think it's changing a little bit. At least the conversation is being brought up, and I think that's where it all starts. Um, if not, um, if not that, and people are embracing, they're at least talking about they're talking about their uncomfortableness with it, um, and with that comes a learning curve, and then with that becomes the embracing afterwards. Um, so I think. Um, there's been a, a tad bit of improvement. You can see the NCAA um, making 
excuse me, um, making laws and rules and regulations um, now trying to um, allow transgender athletes to participate in sports. Um, and there's um, the diversity and inclusion um, board is making pushes to make sure that um, the LGBTQ athletes um, are not being pushed out of their universities, colleges, or teams um, in any sense. So I think that it's um, that there's being a stand that's being taken um, in order to protect us. Um, and I can't, you know, I, I can't deny that at all. Are you optimistic that mm-hmm. that um, that there is now a a ten year old sort of like Xavier, mm-hmm. who once he gets to be your age, he'll find that this his passage. Um, will be even easier and, and more embracing. Are you optimistic that we're moving in that direction? Yeah, um, I think so. Just because you know, with uh, there's um, there's seven or eight of us now that are out um, as gay or bi as being football players, um, and all of us are are impacting all of our teammates and all of our our teammates and our coaches um, who won't be at that one university for the rest of their lives. Um, and then with that being the coaches who might move on to better opportunities in the next few years, and then the teammates that they're with now in the next 10 to 15 years will be coaches at other universities. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like a domino effect um, of the positivity that's hopefully being spread and the positive impact of saying like, well, hey, I was teammates with Xavier and I didn't have any issues with this when I was playing. And then they trickling that down onto the individuals that they're in and around and then you know, hopefully 15, 20 years from now, we won't even have to have this conversation because it'll just be someone being themselves. Well, and it's as a consequence of you and, and, and so many other people who are willing to step out and mm-hmm. say, this is who I am and, and and this is what I can be and this is what you people out there right. can be also. Mm-hmm. It's that, that we're making this progress. Mm-hmm. Xavier, it's a pleasure talking to you and, you. and and we appreciate you sharing our story, not just with us, but with all of the people, especially the young people mm-hmm. uh, that you've been talking to. So mm-hmm. so congratulations on what you've done so far with your life and mm-hmm. and, and thanks for sharing all of these stories because it's you. important. You be well. Thank you. That's it then for this edition of the College Sports Insider presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. Once again, our thanks to Xavier Colvin for spending some time with us from the Butler football team and talking about his life. Uh, I'm Jack Ford. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. And that does it for now. We'll look forward to talking to you again real soon.